Hi, this is Pastor JC. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast here at Faith Outreach Church. We want to invite you anytime you're in the area to come by and visit us at 3001 Wallace Avenue here in Terre Haute, Indiana. Sit back and enjoy today's message. It's needed this time. Holy Spirit, you're the teacher, and so we yield ourselves to you this morning. We acknowledge, your, we acknowledge you that you're in this place today. That we just didn't come to make ourselves feel better, but we come to worship one. Worship the Almighty. And we praise and give glory to you this day. So Father, we thank you as we come into your glory this morning. Father, we thank you for the many blessings, the wisdom, the revelation that will come forth here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and be seated. Hallelujah. Good to see everybody this morning. Hallelujah. Um, We're going to start off this morning. I want to go back to Ephesians 1. I want to talk to you again. I just haven't quite finished today yet about the authority of the believer. And it seems, you know, I was thinking about it. I don't know what other churches are preaching. I really don't. But I know that each church has their own, has their own um, vision. They have their own uh, uh, part to play in this last day. But I know for us what we're supposed to be doing. I know what God uh, keeps um, bringing to me about. And the authority of the believer seems to be, to me, one of the most important things that you as a Christian can get a hold of. And it's not just hearing it once. Uh, I'm believing God today that God will give us more understanding, give me more understanding of this. Uh, because it's necessary. It's necessary to walk in victory in your family, for your, your personal life. It's vi- necessary for victory for us as a body. And it's necessary for us to be able to understand to do what all God's called us to do right now. You know, you, ha- you have a purpose and a plan for your life. You're not just here to exist and then get by and then you know and get out and then check out i mean there every one of us has a reason why we're here we have a purpose we have a we're, we're, god's got something for us to do when you come into the kingdom of god it's about finding the hope of his calling and doing what doing what is necessary uh, to fulfill his plan so i want to read to you in ephesians 1 again Verse 16 through 23. And if you've been here very long, you know that we go over this prayer all the time. And I would encourage you to pray it. And, you know, the thing that came to me today, and I'm not trying to bring in condemnation. I'm trying to exhort you to do it. But, you know, James talks about being a doer of the word and not a hearer only. And if you keep hearing, and if we keep preaching about what to pray this prayer, I'm telling you this is something the Holy Ghost is trying to get us all to do. 
All right? It's just not a manner of I'm trying to, you know, get you to do something. This is, this is important. It's important for our Christian walk. And, and if you keep hearing it, but you still don't do it, then you're falling into the category of James. You're a hearer, you're not a doer. And the Bible says you'll become self-deceived. I don't know about you, you don't want to be self-deceived, do you? No. no, I don't either. So listen to what God's saying and, and obey. Okay, Ephesians 1, it says, Cease not to give thanks for you. Make it mention you in my prayers. Paul's praying for the church of Ephesus. This prayer applies to the church of Terre Haute. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he would give unto, I would say, when I pray this, I say it this way. I would say that he give unto us, me and Kimberly, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him. That our eyes, uh, the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. That we may know what is the hope of your calling and what is the riches of your glory of your inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us word who believe. So what did he just tell you? He said there's some power that's been given to you. If you're a believer, you have power. So if you've got power, then you're going to need to learn how to work the power. Right? He says, what is that power? According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Everyone say heavenly places. Far above, now we're talking about Jesus right now, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but that also which is, is to come. So anything in life that can scare you, bring fear to you, that uh, tries to control you, any entity, any devil, any spirit, any, any of those things that would try to uh, immobilize you. He says Jesus has been given, is above all that. How many would agree with that? Jesus, is, would you agree that Jesus is above the devil? He's above sin. He's above sickness, disease. He is above. Okay. And then he goes, so this is what happened. He said, this power raised him up and seated him in heavenly places far above all principality power. And then verse 22, it says, and hath put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all not. So the church is the body of Christ, which we belong to. Say, I belong, I belong. to the body of Christ. Amen. Now, verse uh, chapter 2, and I'm going to go real quick here, uh, 1 through 8. It says, Ephesians 2, 1, 8. But God, who is rich in mercy, for in great, his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. Now, I want you to see that because it says, while you were still a sinner, this already was done. So, that, so we don't think that way anymore, that we're sinners. We're not sinners anymore, right? I'm not a sinner no more. I may, I may accidentally sin or sin, but I'm not a sinner anymore. And you aren't either. If you're in Christ, you're the righteousness of God, right? So I just wanted you to see this applies not only to you now, but this applies to the world. 
what he's talking about. He says, even the world, while they're yet still in their sins, he quickened them, made them alive unto Christ. But it says, by grace are you saved. And it says, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, why, <clears throat> why is a seat so important that's repeated over and over, uh, talking about a seat? Because in that seat is where we're supposed to rule and reign. Now, go, uh, Becky, go to Romans 5.17 and just do the Amplified real quick. Romans 5.17 for, <clears throat> for if because of one man's trespasses, talking about Adam, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, a amer merited favor and free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself. Listen to that. You're in right standing with God now. Reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. So he says that you and I are supposed to be over the circumstances that would come into our life. We're to reign. In other words, the devil is not just supposed to be able to come at whim and do anything he wants to in our lives. Destroy us, steal from us, kill from us. He's not, we're to reign over him. Can, can you agree with that? Amen. Now, you may not understand it, but if you just take it in light of what we've read in the Word, you would have to come away and say, that's true. Yes. Right? Yes. Now, <clears throat> what I want to show you, listen, I'm going to need a couple chairs. I'm going to have Mark bring his chair up. And set it right up here. You understand these, these seats and these chairs are symbolic. And I'm going to have Mark sit in that chair. Now we're going to pretend that he is Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords, sitting here. He's got a beard and just sort of got the demeanor today. Now the Bible says that when he was raised from the dead and seated in heavenly places. So I was talking about a chair that he now took. Now, we all know that he didn't need to, to have this chair because he was God. But when he came to earth, the Bible says he stripped himself of all his glory and deity and became a man, but not just any man, a righteous man. He became like the second Adam, the Bible calls him. Like when Adam started off, before he sinned, he was arrayed in glory. He had this, he had this authority. He had, the Bible told, when, he, when God was making everything in the earth, he told him, he goes, now, go take dominion. Okay? Dominion means you're to rule. Well, Adam lost it. Adam bowed. The Bible says that he committed high treason to the devil, and the devil, that authority that, he, that Adam had was transferred over to Satan. You may not get that, but that's what happened. Well, now Jesus had to come back, and the only way he could get this, he had to become a man, a righteous man, who would come and submit himself unto the sins of the whole world under to Adam's mess up 
And he said, I will pay for Adam's mess up. Adam had the wages of sin is death. So he told, so he told, he came as a righteous man, not in the family that you and I came out of. He was a free man. See, you may not, every one of us, we trace back to Adam. You can only go back so far and you're going to find that your DNA would go all the way back to Adam. Why? Because we were from that seed. But that's why it was so important that Jesus was, he came uh, of the Holy Ghost. He didn't come, he came through a virgin. And the seed was of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't of the seed of Adam. And therefore, when he was born and came into the earth, guess what he didn't have? He didn't have the sin blemish. Why? Because he was born outside of the family. Every one of us was born in the family. That's why it's not about how bad you've been or how good you've been. It's because you have a sin stain on you when you're born into this world. And the only way you can get free from it is to receive Jesus Christ because he's the only one who paid our debt. He paid the debt for society. And therefore, he, he came into the world and when he was raised from the dead and when he was give, put in his seat, you know, when he hung on the cross, he says, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Judgment came on him. And then finally he said, it's finished. When he said it was finished, that means he completed everything that he was assigned and came to do. In the spirit then, he was raised from the dead and raised up in heavenly places. And the Bible says now he's seated in heavenly places here in this chair. But he's seated there as a man. He is God, but he's seated there as a righteous man who paid the debt. For, for us. Now, here he is, when we believe on him, the Bible talks about that you're in him, and so everything that he did, he did on our behalf. He didn't do it for himself. He did it for you and I. He came and regained everything that Adam lost. So now, let's get another chair. Joe, bring yours up. Please. And if you'll put yours right beside him, and if you'll sit there, Joe represents every believer now in Christ. And so this is where it says here in verse um, Ephesians 2, it says, verse 6, And he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So now you, when you came into Christ, you are now spiritually sitting in this chair next to Christ. Everything, every authority, everything that has been invested in him is now in you. Joe represents us. Now I need one more chair. Just no, Jesus, I'll get it for you. We'll take Kelly's. I'll teach her not to leave during it. (laughs) Now what I want to show you here, this represents everybody in the world that's not saved yet. They've got a seat too. 
Okay? There's a seat waiting for them. God's believing. God is counting on them to come to Christ and come and take their chair. He's not preparing one when they get saved. It's already there, waiting them. All right? Every believer, when we, so when we get saved, then we get, we're seated. Now this is talking about authority. It's talking about that how Jesus was raised above all principalities, powers, mights, dominion, and every name that is named. So, you know, it's, it's, it's ironic that we be, would be afraid of the devil or be afraid of evil spirits or be afraid of anything that Jesus overcame because his overcoming was the same for us overcoming. All right? Now, remember he said the exceeding greatness of his power was given to you. So you're not at, you don't have to pray and ask God to give you more power. You don't have to ask God to give you more things. He's already given it all to you. It's already been invested in you through Jesus Christ. And when you took the seat, then you were taking the same, you took the, you're sitting there with the same authority, same rights, same privileges that Jesus Christ has. Nothing less. Okay. Now, what is, what is needed to understand is, how do we get the power to work? That's, been the, that's the whole thing right now. For the most part, most of the, most of the body, at least the ones we hang with, most of them understand that they, that they, are, they have power and that they've been given authority over the devil and over sickness and disease, over poverty, over, over evil spirits, over all of these things that control us in life, that the devil would try to come and to manipulate us and persuade us and, and just influence us. And the Bible is very clear that it says these things should not overcome us. And so what is it, how is it then they are able to do that? How is the devil able to, because we're seeing a lot of Christians that are not overcoming. We're seeing them being succumbed to, to all the, and the defeats and all of the things that the world, we're not, we're not seeing difference between the world and Christians. Why is that? Because that's not the way it's supposed to be. Because remember, you, you've got a chair. Now Jesus, the thing about this is, he's no longer in the earth. Physically. He's seated. And when he left, he turned and he says, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom. So the keys have been given to you. So... A lot of times what we're praying to God to change and do, God's saying, I can't because I gave you the keys. You're going to have to do it. It's all in your hands. So I want to show you something. These are some things I believe that will hinder or weaken your authority. And a lot of times they're not even related, but 
if we don't, if we don't understand these things, then the devil's able to take advantage of us. Now, here's something else I want you to realize. He can never steal your chair. He can never take it away from you. I don't care if you sin. I don't care what you do. This chair always belongs to you. But if you're not seated in this chair, then your authority doesn't work. Now, one of the... One of the um, Stories that's in the Bible, Matthew 8, 5 through 13, is talking about a centurion soldier. And one of the things that he said, he, come, he wanted Jesus to come heal his servant. And in verse 9, he said this. He said, I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth. And to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth. Jesus, when he heard it, he said, I marveled. He marveled and said unto him, he said, I'm not found so great faith, not even in Israel. So Jesus said that was faith. An understanding of authority was faith. What was it that he understood? Well, he understood that his authority came from the one above and that as long as, and that if he would stay under the one above, he could exercise his authority. And if he would say to a man, go, he would have to go. And if he said, come, he would have to come. So he understood how authority worked. And Jesus said, I've not even found such great faith. So it's, it's being tied back to authority. And so your chair can never be taken away. But here's what the devil will do. He knows he can't strip you of your authority. He knows he can't take, steal it away from you. So what is he going to do? He's going to do everything he can to tempt you to get up. Yeah. So, he'll wait, so he'll do things that he knows. Just pretend this is uh, something tempting. I don't know what it would be. Something tempting. Money. I'm going to tempt you with some wrong stuff. So what I'm going to do, and I want you to get up. So, get, so I'm going to tempt him to get up. Now when he, come on, just walk over here a little bit. When he gets up out of his chair, then he's no longer under God. He's a Christian. He's a believer. But, what he's, but now that he's not sitting in that chair, he can't rule or reign. So what does he got to do? He's got to resist the temptations, and he's got to stay seated. Now, the devil, you know, he'll make every excuse, and he'll do everything he can to wave things before you, try to get you off course, try to get you uh, chasing something that is, uh, that is, um, that'll get him up. And when he does, and when you do, then all of a sudden, that name that is above every name, you can, you can yell that name from the top of your head. But guess what? It, doesn't, it only works when you're seated in the chair. Now let me give you, a, I want to give you a couple things that will cause you to get up out of your chair. 1 Peter 3, 7. Likewise, you husbands. Oh, we're talking about marriage. 
Dwell with them according to knowledge. Give honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. That your prayers be not hindered. So not, so not working in unison in your marriage is going to cause you to get up out of your seat. Well, that don't really matter. I, I do my confession. I pray. I read my Bible. I know. And that's the thing. Everything it, it doesn't seem like it's associated with being in your chair, but it is. It really matters. And here, Peter, even by the Holy Ghost, went so far to say that it'll hinder your prayers. Yeah. So, is, is it important that we work our marriages, that we, we walk in love with one another? Absolutely. Yes. You don't know what it's costing you not to do that. Yeah. True. You have no idea what it's going to cost you. Here's another one, Mark eleven twenty five. This is after he, he talked about uh, uh, speaking to your mountain and, and talked about praying and getting your prayers answered. In verse 25 he says, When you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you of your trespasses. Holding unforgiveness will cause you to stand up and rise up out of your chair. Yeah, but you don't know. I know it. Every one of us feel like we have the right to, to stay in unforgiveness. Every, every one of us feels like, you know, when you're hurt and when you're betrayed or when you're whatever has happened in your life, that you have the right to you know, make that person pay. Or, but you don't understand what it's costing you. It's costing you big time. We don't, we don't get a choice in the matter. Yeah. If you want to stay seated, if you want to stay above and walk in victory and walk in your authority, then you're going to have to resist that and say, no, it's not worth it. I don't care what they've done or what they've said or how I'm, I'm going to cancel their debt. God canceled my debt. It was one that couldn't be paid for and he forgave me, so I'm forgiving him. Why? Because I got to stay in my chair. Here's another one. Ephesians 4, 26 through 27. Be ye angry and sin not. You know, I was listening to uh, Brother Moore the other day, and he was talking about sin, and he said another, another meaning for sin is uh, to err. It's just to err. Miss the mark. I mean, there's so much, I mean, there, you know, we, we know that some things are sin, you know, stealing, killing, but just to miss the mark, he says, that can be called, that's, or to err is sin. Why? Because when we err, it gets us off course. And he says here, he says, be angry, sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, give and give no place to the devil. Are you here? So, you know, 
Sin may, sin may seem inviting. It may seem there's pleasure in being disobedient to what the word, you know what the word says, but it's going to cost you. What's it going to cost you? It's going to cost you to get up out of that chair. The chair belongs to you, but you won't be seated. And if you're not seated, you can't resist the devil. And he knows that. Here's another one. James 4.11 Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother, speak evil of the law and judges the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. So just to say in layman's term, you can't talk about one another. You can't criticize one another. You're not to judge one another. Amen. I just find it's easier to just keep my mouth shut a lot of times. And if you've been very far in life, you realize you've probably done the same thing. <laughs> and thank God for mercy. Thank God for the mercy of God. Amen. But if you're criticizing, judging means to criticize. So if you're always critical of people, and I'm talking to anybody, and all we see on the all we see on news anymore is what? People it's just 24 hours being critical, criticizing each other, examining each other, judging us. Well, you can't get involved in that. That's worldly. And he said, and if you do. Are you going to die? Probably not. Is there something that, you know, God's going to strike you? No, he's not going to strike you. But what are you doing? Here, stand up a little, please. You're standing up out of your chair. Spiritually. And this is the, this is the whole thing with the devil. This is exactly what he wants to do with this. He wants you to rise up willingly. You may not understand why you're doing it, but willingly he wants you to rise up and walk away from that chair. He doesn't care if you come to church. He doesn't care if you go through all the motions. He doesn't care if you praise and worship. But if you're doing things that, uh, that violate the word of God, then he's getting you to come out of the chair. And then when you need the most to be able to demand and command the devil to stop or command your circumstances to be changed, guess what? You have no authority because you're no longer under the one where authority comes. See, isn't it interesting? We got him under the cross. That represents God. And so the further we walk away from it, from the cross, from the work of the cross, then what happens is then you're not under him. All authority comes from him. Romans 13.10. Here's another one. We'll close here. Love worked no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So walking in love with one another. He says, if you walk in love, you'll fulfill the whole law. That means you're not going to cheat one another. You're not going to do things to harm one another. You're not going to steal from one another. You're not going to bear false witness with one another. Why? Because you love them. Right? And he says, if you love, 
then you're fulfilling the law. But what if you just don't walk in love? What if you're ugly? What if you're, what if you're mean? What if you're unkind? What if you're just always, you know, uh, interested and selfish about you? Well, it's affecting, your, it's affecting your authority. It's weakening yourself. Now, this scripture here, you know, we're done. You guys can sit down. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, believer. <clears throat> John 14, 30, and this is, a, this is a scripture that the Lord brought to me one time. Jesus said, Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of the world cometh, but he has nothing in me. So it was talking about how that the Satan, the whole time in his earthly walk, he was trying to trip him up. He was trying to get him to bow his knee. He was trying to get him to get out of his authority. He was trying to get him to sin. He was trying to get him to do everything. Why? Because if he could get him to bow, then he'd put him right back into the same place Adam was. But he never did. And it said here that it said, the prince of the world cometh. But notice he says, he doesn't have anything in me. He didn't have the rights. He'd, I've not done anything to give him that place. And so when he comes, I'll be able to resist him and he'll have to go. Well, it's the same way with us. I know, <clears throat> I know years ago that um, I, had, I had, had repented. I had gotten my, the Lord had dealt with me about some things. And I was believing God. I was standing for my healing. I was standing, I had some heart issues. And I couldn't, it just seemed like the doctors couldn't find out what was wrong. I wasn't getting any relief from it. And I went to a meeting, and in the meeting, the, the morning meeting, they talked about holiness. Talked about, and you know, and all of a sudden, it clicked. The Lord was speaking to me. He said, you've got some things in your life you're going to have to get, you're going to have to get ramification on. You're going to have to get rectified. And so when I went back to the hotel, I knew what the Lord was saying to me. And so I was there by myself. Jesse didn't come to the meeting. And I went to the meeting. I was believing God to hear from God because I, I was just wanting to be healed. But I didn't know there were some other areas in my life first that he had to deal with. Even though it wasn't named healing, there were some other areas just like those areas we were talking about. And the Lord said to me, he, he, I, he, he told me that I had to repent of those that means to change, leave them. That's all it means. And so I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, please forgive me. I said, I'm, I'm going to make every correction that I need to make here. And then he brought this scripture to me. And he said, now tell the devil he has to go. He has to quit. He said, there, he said you're going to have to speak to that and tell him. Well, I've been speaking to it all up to this time. That was the thing. I was doing everything that he was telling me now to do. But I was in a different place now. Yeah. I had come back and I had taken my seat. Yeah. And so I said, I said outward, I said, um, I'm putting a line right here in Jesus' name. I said, I'm crossing over it right now. I was in my hotel and I said, I'm not going back to it. I'm over it. That means I repent. Everything will be corrected. And he said, now... He said, there's a spirit that has been enforcing this. He said, tell it to go. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you, Satan, 
take your hands off my body in Jesus' name. So we went, so I went to the meeting that night. Every symptom was there. I had, I mean, I broke out in sweat. Uh, I could feel my heart tremoring. And I just, you know, it, it, but I, I said, no, praise God. I said, I got it. And within three days, every symptom left me. Now, the other thing was, he said to me, he said, there's a spirit that's been tracking you and your wife. And he said, say to it that it has to stop. Well, why would it have to stop now? Because I'm back in my chair. I'm back in my seat. And so I spoke to it. And I called up, then I even, I called Jesse. I told her everything that the Lord had said, everything that had happened. And, and I can remember a month later, we were coming from Effingham. We were coming over here to shop. And on the way over, she said to me, she goes, man, she goes, it's really been different since you've been back. I said, remember what the Lord said. Remember what he said. So the authority was always present but it wasn't enforced until I got back in my chair. And that's what I want you to today to take away from this. You need to analyze. If, you're, if you've been standing, you've been going through all the motions, and you've not been seeing any results, well, then you need to pray and ask God to expose and help and show you, all right, am I out of my chair? Is there something that is preventing my authority from working? Because I'm telling you, the name of Jesus is above every name. The name has never been affected. It works. The word works. Okay? The only thing that, the only variance is, is us. That's the only thing that is, that changes, is you and I. And there's things that, there's things that can, you know, you may not even realize it. Well, that's why we got the Holy Ghost. That's why you pray and ask him to open your eyes. I'm not saying you have to do a witch hunt and go look for things. But I'm just, I'm saying you should at least be open to ask him. Is there anything that, you know, that has caused me to get out of my chair? Because I, I hope you're like me. I don't like going through the motions and not seeing anything. I want to see results. I am very result driven. Amen. And if I'm not seeing things, then I want to figure it out. And the Holy Ghost will help us. But this is the one area that I've seen over and over that where Christians are failing at. Because the word works, and then they get excited that they have this authority and that they're over the devil, and then they don't see no results, and then what happens? Then they draw back. Then they begin, then they begin believing, well, this doesn't work, or it's not for me. It is for you. It is for me. It's for everyone. Amen? But you have to, you have to do it according to the word. Now, these are just a few things that I've found that in those areas. And I'm telling you, the, they're, big, they're big areas. They're big areas. And you may you say, well, I'm not perfect. Well, God's not asking you to be perfect. Your perfectness is in Him. What He's asking you to is to make sure that your heart is not convicting you and condemning you. If your heart's right, 
you'll know it. If you're, in other words, say it this way, if your conscience is not bothering you. It's important that you have a clean conscience. I don't care what anyone else says. If it, does, if it may bother you, if it bothers you, then it's necessary that you get it fixed. I don't care if it doesn't bother anyone else. If your conscience is bothering you, then you need to get it fixed. Because it's hindering you. Are you here? Amen. Let's stand up.